Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. You are listening to episode 270 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. And you are listening to another episode from our sexual skill series. Today, we're going to talk about squirting. And I'm going to teach you what you need to do if you want to learn the skill. A few months ago, I sent this survey to my listeners. And many of you guys wanted to learn more about the skill. And I was so ambivalent to do this episode not because there's anything wrong with squirting or female ejaculation. The reason was that four years ago, I had this world-renowned sex educator on my show, and we talked about female ejaculation and squirting, and many of the colleagues were disappointed. One of the colleagues emailed me, and she wanted me to bring down the episode because she felt that it was disempowering to women. And four years later, I'm doing another episode on it because I believe in people's choice, right? If you want to learn any skill, any sexual skill, it's your right to learn how to do it. It's a matter of having the right information and feeling empowered in your sexuality. Not every single woman need to score or want to score. But if you want it, that's a skill that you can learn. There are some misconceptions, especially around like the different areas of the world that has limited, that they people learn limited sex ed about the connection between female orgasm and squirting. And that that is an issue. I was hosting a weekly uh, room in Clubhouse during summer, and I was answering people's question in Farsi. And one of the interesting experiences I had was several men keep coming and saying that, you know, like, how can I help my woman, my partner to ejaculate? And they were so worried about it. Then after I talked to a, a physician who works with people in the rural area of Iran, he explained to me that Many people learn about sex ed from porn and in porn that they're watching, every single woman, when they climax, they squirt. (laughs) So in their mind, orgasming and squirting comes together. And even if their partner climaxes, if they cannot see the fluid, they think that there is, this is not happening. There's something wrong, which was an interesting realization for me. Anyhow, I'm saying all of this to share with you that how this is a multi-layered concept and whatever you're standing in in this issue i support you for those of you who are against female ejaculation you can skip this episode for those of you who are interested to learn about it i have the most amazing guest our guest today is kathleen v kathleen was in our show several years ago and you guys loved her She taught us about how to last longer in the bed. And as I was going through list of people who who are teaching squirting, I saw that she she ranked number one in the internet. She had tons of fun video around that. And I was like, oh, wonderful. At least I know her and I know she's a real deal. So she's going to teach us about how you can find your G-spot, how to stimulate it, how you can increase your arousal and how 
you can experience female ejaculation. Kathleen V is a sex and relationship coach who helps men become amazing lovers and incredible partners. She was formerly the sexual health researcher and policy analyst, and she stumbled upon sex education world when her video went viral. She works with clients all over the world on ending premature ejaculation, preventing erectile dysfunction, and developing unshakable sexual confidence. You can check out her content in the link in the show notes and let me know what you think about this episode. Here it comes my interview with Caitlin V. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and honored to welcome back Caitlin V. Caitlin, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. So good to be back. We had a conversation right now a few years ago, and you gave us some really good tips on helping penis owners to stay kind of like last longer. And our listeners, they loved it. And I was just sharing with you that because because we're doing a sexual skill series, one of the most common skills that people are requesting and request that were female ejaculation. And I was like searching online. I was like, who who's like know a lot about it? And apparently you're the queen of internet and <laughs> that topic. Tell us more about that. Thank you. I was invited to be in a YouTube video early on in my career as a coach. And my friend asked me if I would talk about squirting. Of course, happy to talk about squirting. That video blew up. It went viral basically overnight and it launched my own YouTube following, my own career as a sex coach. And it is still one of the leading videos and articles on the web, on the entire internet on the subject of female ejaculation. So, yep, I am the squirt queen of the internet. I'm sure there's a porn star who's my, like, the analogous squirt queen of the internet, but I'm the educational one. That's so awesome. And again, I I had no idea that's something that you taught. And I was like, one day, like, for preparation for this interviews, I was like, let's let's look online on what's happening. And the instruction was so great. I can totally understand why it went viral. Because when we're talking about this topic, people give some vague information that's yeah. good and useful, but it's not as specific. You were invested in helping people <laughs> to reach Thank you. their goals. Thank you. Yes. I, and the technique that I teach is incredibly effective. And I think that's one of the reasons the video has done so well, because it works. Right, right. I can imagine that people went and try it. And I was like, oh, it's it's working. That's how it went viral. So this is one of the number one questions that I hear all the time. And even when I'm in the panel, that's not something that I feel is my strength when I, about talking about it, because I'm a psychologist, I can talk about psychology of sex, but I believe sex coaching and I'm teaching skills, the different type of skills. So tell us, is it possible for every woman to be able to ejaculate? Yes, I firmly believe that it is possible as long as you have the required parts. Anyone with a vulva, anyone with a clitoris, anyone who has that anatomy can squirt, physically is capable of squirting. Now, the psychological side of things is where people really get tripped up. And so there are probably many people listening to this saying, like, I've tried, I haven't been able to squirt. You know, how dare you tell me that I should be able to do it? Physically, you can. It's just a matter of removing the blockages and the barriers, which I'm sure we'll get into, in order to create that squirting experience. It is so common for people to want to have that experience. Where is that coming from? 
So my thoughts on this are that it relates just to ejaculation. You know, we're so used to associating male sexuality with all sexuality, right? And conflating that things that happen to penises should happen the same way for all bodies. And so I think there's this sort of mystical experience around ejaculation. We associate it with orgasm. One of the funnier coincidences that I see is that men believe that when a, a female partner squirts, that she's naturally had an orgasm, that she like must necessarily have had an orgasm because she ejaculated. And that's actually not true. But but because their own orgasm is associated so strongly with ejaculation, they sort of assume that it must be the same way in female bodies. Not just that, it's also been painted as this sort of like apex of sexual experience as something that marks a really, really unique and important goal for a lot of people. And I think a lot of men in particular, if they have any sort of insecurity around their sexual performance, or they doubt that their partner's telling them the truth. If she says that she had an orgasm, that when they see female ejaculation, they feel like they've really accomplished something. Well, you nail it on head when you, when you talked about kind of comparison between physiology. Many of my listeners, they know that I'm bilingual. I have a Farsi show that's called Sexology and I answer people's questions in Farsi and I was running a clubhouse room for one of my friends that he has a huge following he used to be a singer and now he's a podcaster and he works with lots of I had lots of listeners and following from inside Iran and every single person I was coming saying that okay why my partner is not squirting mm-hmm. what's wrong with it and when I ask more about it it's exactly what you said they were like, they were getting their sex education from porn mm-hmm. and they were thinking about, okay, if my partner is, is not ejaculating, then this is a dysfunction. This is like, it's, it's not completed the same way that many people think yep. about that for male ejaculation. If they're not ejaculating, then they're not climaxing, which is so, it was so mind blowing for me to make uh, those connections. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ironically, it can put a lot of pressure on the female partner who's trying to squirt and pressure is probably one of the, or I should say emotional, psychological pressure is one of the greatest barriers to someone who's having trouble squirting. Like the expectation that they should squirt can actually prevent them from letting go enough to have that experience. Well, this is my own experience that I I, I feel like it's like a skill. Like if you want to learn the additional skill, wonderful, you can pursue it, yes. but it's not a must for every woman to squirt yes. in order to prove their, that they had pleasure or they experienced orgasm. Yes, exactly right. Well, tell us about the blockage. You're right that that's something that many people wanted and they tried and perhaps they purchased sex toys and tried a number of different positions and they were not able to achieve. So tell us what are some of the barriers? So probably the largest barrier for most women is that even though squirt is not pee, and let me underscore that and underline it, then make it in bold. Squirt is not pee. It can contain small amounts of urine because it comes out of the urethra. And the experience of squirting and relaxing and releasing and allowing oneself to squirt can feel like you are releasing urine. And since most of us do not want to pee on our partner without having consent and a conversation about that sort of play in particular, most of us are conditioned to hold back and to prevent ourselves from urinating especially in that context in that situation. So if you've ever had an experience where you felt like that feels really good, I almost feel like I might pee. That actually may be your body wanting to squirt 
And, you know, a lot of us are uncomfortable with a large amount of bodily fluids happening during sex, getting on our sheets, causing a spot. And so one of the greatest barriers is just not wanting to create or not wanting to allow that fluid release. And so they are, there are specialty blankets and waterproof mats that are very comfortable that you can lie down on the bed before, or just using like a basic towel that can actually help allow someone to get to a point where they can release. And so that is probably the biggest barrier. One of the other I think obstacles that many couples experience on their way to sporting is that they're not really giving it the appropriate time that it takes for the body to produce a squirting orgasm. In my personal experience and the experience of the couples that I have coached, squirting cannot take place until a partner is very turned on, very aroused. That might be 20 or 30 minutes into a sexual or erotic experience. And if you are used to having an experience where you go quickly to penetration and you know maybe you apply a lot of pressure or vibration to the clitoris in order to get an orgasm out of there, those are not ideal conditions for squirting. And so I think those two are the most common obstacles. And then for each individual person, there may be other barriers or obstacles for her just experiencing pleasure and orgasm generally. Love that. All great points. I always encourage people to invest in foreplay and kind of like increasing the psychological and physiological arousal. And for many people, that's a must, whether if they want to experience kind of like orgasm, squirting, or any kind of sexual excitation. So how us about G-spot. My understanding is that squirting comes from a stimulation of G-spot and many women, they don't know where's their G-spot. Tell us more about that. Absolutely. So the G-spot is tucked up and inside of the vagina about one to two inches. It can vary a lot in women. And this is on the front wall of the vagina. So essentially, if you imagine you're facing a woman and you were to insert a finger into her vagina and make a come here motion, that is where the G-spot is located. It would be under your fingertips. The G-spot is actually a bit of a misnomer because what we're actually discussing there is the urethral tube. And it is a tube that is made out of erectile tissue, the same tissue that makes the clitoris and the penis get hard when they're aroused. And it fills with blood after a certain amount of stimulation. So just the same way as the clitoris, if you start to touch it and stimulate it, it doesn't necessarily fill with blood. Same with the penis right away. It takes a little bit of time. The G-spot doesn't even appear. You can't even feel for it until there is enough arousal to fill that urethral tube with blood, making it hard and firm. And then it will appear underneath your finger as sort of like a little nub. I like to think of it as like a tiny little pool noodle, right? Because it surrounds the urethra. And the theory is that this part of the body evolved to protect the urethra, which is a very important and very delicate tube that is responsible for relieving waste from the, the throes of penetrative sex, from thrusting. And so it is actually a very pleasurable thing to have stimulated. Different people like their G-spot stimulated in different ways. Some people really prefer stillness. Some people prefer a back and forth motion. But essentially, it is stimulated by a amount of pressure. Unlike the clitoris, which has a lot of nerve endings at the surface, or like, you know, even the lips, we could say have a lot of nerve endings right at the surface. The G-spot, actually, all of the nerve endings require pressure in order to be stimulated. And so it actually responds to like a deep touch or a firm presence. And it can be stimulated 
stimulated in multiple ways. It can be stimulated best, in my opinion, by fingers and toys. And that's because it is hard to face an erect penis or even a dildo directly into this, you know, somewhat small area that requires pretty precise stimulation. And I think that this is one of the problems for people who are trying to create a squirting orgasm through penetrative sex is that it can be really, really hard until someone knows how to get themselves to squirt until they know exactly what kind of pressure and stimulation that they need. It can be darn near impossible to create that just through penetrative sex. So the G-spot is small. It is particular. It needs a sort of specific and nuanced touch early on. And it is the source of where squirting originates. Great, great answer. So for those of us that were not good with description, <laughs> so when we're inserting a finger, how, and again, our fingers are different, how far should we press the finger? So there are some bodies where the G-spot is actually so close to the vaginal opening that with just a little bit of like pulling on the skin, you can see hmm. where it exists underneath the skin, underneath the surface. And there are other bodies in which it is actually more like a full finger length or mm-hmm. maybe like two, two and a half inches inside of the body. So for those of us who are struggling with visualizing, where is it when we're kind of like hearing description, how much insertion we should do in order to locate it? So some bodies, the G-spot is actually so close to the vaginal entrance that with just a little bit of like gently pulling on the skin, you can actually see where the nub is underneath the surface of the skin. And in other bodies, it may be as deep as one to two knuckles or two, almost three inches inside of the body. It will feel like a sponge the area of flesh around it, the area of flesh that's on the surface of the G-spot has sort of a spongier texture as opposed to the rest of the vaginal opening, which is usually very smooth in the surface. Is that something that people can kind of like experience themselves or it's best? So of course, with sex toys, you can plug it, you can kind of like get the stimulation. But when if you're doing it with our hand, is that something you can do for self or it's something that it's best done by a partner? I'm so glad that you asked this because... I think some of the common wisdom or the way that a lot of coaches talk about this is that it, we, it is something that should be done by ourselves. And, and this is true for a lot of things, especially when it comes to pleasure. We kind of need to learn it on our own body before we can instruct a partner on how to do it for us. For me personally, I have found stimulating my G-spot to be very difficult for me to do and accomplish by myself. Cannot really use my hands because the twist of the wrist becomes very uncomfortable very quickly. There is a very popular toy for this purpose. It's called the Enjoy Wand, N-J-O-Y Wand. It is about a seven pound metal toy. And the reason it is so popular is because it weighs so much that one can kind of get it into position. And like I said earlier about that deep pressure, it can give sustained deep pressure to the G-spot. It also is long enough that it can be ergonomic and you can hold it with your hand and sustain that pressure or move it back and forth to create stimulation. That said, I know plenty of women who have only ever been able to have a G-spot squirting orgasm with the help of a partner using their hands. And there's absolutely no shame at all in however you get to squirting, whether that is with uh, the help of a toy or with the help of a partner. If it's something that you want to experience, like and you figure out a way to get there, bravo, keep going. There's nothing wrong with having a partner or with having yourself do it. Love that. I think sometimes it can be frustrating when we are trying ourselves and we're not getting there. And it seems like, you know, it's, and I know later you're, I, I, 
I heard the preview of this talk. <laughs> You're going to talk about stroking and I think like even kind of like it, it feels like multitasking. So I think it's, mm-hmm. it's better if you have a lover around that can help you with that. So on that note, tell us more about stroking. Uh, what should, what kind of a hand movement we should do? Yeah. So like we spoke about earlier, this only takes place after a lot of arousal. If the person is multi-orgasmic, I actually recommend that they have a couple orgasms, build up a lot of arousal before you actually implement the technique that I'm about to teach. And that's because number one, the technique is intense. And for both the giver and the receiver of the stimulation, it it can be pretty exhausting to have this technique applied for more than maybe 30, 60 seconds. And so you want to make sure that you are waiting until the exact right moment before you go in with this level of intensity. The other piece to keep in mind is that the the vagina itself and the whole of the, the female anatomy is delicate, but it can also withstand a great deal of stimulation, a great deal of pressure. I mean, this is where babies come from. It is designed to take a lot. And so I've noticed that many men especially will treat the G-spot and treat this technique with a little bit of lightness and delicacy. And actually, this is a technique where you want to give your partner as much stimulation as feels good for her without going over the edge, but you want to get pretty close to it in terms of the level of intensity. And the the actual technique is to use your fingers. So I'm going to speak to the partner who is um, inserting their fingers into the vagina to insert one or two fingers. For me, I find it works better with two because you can get a wider surface area coming coming into contact with the G-spot and the surrounding tissue. Find the G-spot. Again, she's already aroused. She's already warmed up. And so it's not going to be hard to find that little nub. And then you work that nub gently for a while, stroking it with a come here motion until there are a handful of signs that will let you know that it is time that she is ready to actually have that G-spot orgasm. And some of them are common signs that you would recognize with just about any orgasmic experience. But I've also noticed that there's sort of a sound that the body starts making and she'll be moving a little bit with her hips. I actually get really specific into what the signs are in my course on squirting. But when you know that it is time, when when you have the sense that the orgasm is about to happen, the eruption is coming, the climax, where you're like right at the top of the hill, ready to go over, you are going to lock your wrist into place. You are going to apply a firm amount of pressure up and down on the G-spot. I like to think of it as you're activating sort of the muscles in your upper arm. The movement is not coming from your wrist. You're holding your wrist steady. And then you pull back and forth quickly, rapidly, intensely, and with a lot of pressure onto the G-spot. And that if you have timed it correctly, and if she is willing to let go and a squirting orgasm is bound to happen, that is the thing that will unlock it. And you just keep going until she tells you to stop because often with squirting orgasms, and if she's never had a squirting orgasm before, this is especially true. There can be a huge amount of release, not just a physical fluid release, but an emotional release, a a psychological release. There can be a lot of tears. There can be a lot of energy moving through her. And so you just want to be sure that you are holding that until she is completely done with that orgasm. And she is ready for you to stop stimulating her and then ready for you to remove your hand. And even then she may still want some physical contact and grounding. She may want some space and you can just be in communication with her about what serves her best in that moment. Well, then she's going to fall in love with you. (laughs) 
after like psychological release, emotional release and physiological release. I mean, it is a massive amount of energy, especially if you've never had it and you've been building up pressure, you know, and sensation over the course of your life. And then all of a sudden this huge orgasm comes through. And just like with other orgasms, like I've had crygasms and laughgasms and orgasms where I couldn't stop shaking afterward. And the first time that my partner made me squirt, I first of all thought that it wasn't possible because I'm a sex coach and I had been trying and I tried with other partners and no one had really used this particular technique that I've just walked us through. I had every emotion flood over me, come through me like all at once. And and when I kind of came to again, I looked at him and said, can you do that again? <laughs> yeah, so I guess wouldn't so. want that, right? right? Right. And it's also very possible to do everything that I just described, have her squirt and there's no orgasm. Mm. There's this physical release, there's a fluid release, but there's, there's no G-spot orgasm. There's no orgasm at all. It's also possible to do what I just described, have a screaming earth shattering G-spot orgasm and have no squirting. And even for women who squirt regularly, squirt masterfully, can make themselves squirt, it still doesn't happen the same way every single time. What makes a difference? I would imagine like hydration is part of it. Level of arousal is part of it. What else contributes to that? I think it is openness to the experience. I think that there is a, an amount of willingness to say like, I'm, I'm ready to have this experience. I want to have this experience. I'm really actually open. And part of it is like being okay to pee. I mean, I really, I can't overstate that in my learning how to squirt on a regular basis. I had to say to myself, like, if I pee, that is okay, because that is going to be a part of the process. Cause sometimes you're just like pushing. And again, squirt is not pee. These are distinctive biological processes. But if you are unwilling to release and let go, if you're not open to that release, then you are going to be holding back. And until you learn which is happening, which biological process you're undergoing, you know, it helps to be open to whatever may occur. Well, you, yeah, I think brought up such a great point because many of my clients or even my friends are telling me like they're just so worried about peeing that they go to the bathroom right before sex, just in case they don't need to go just in case they go to the bathroom. So if that's the level of anxiety we have, then if we're trying to score, then we haven't had that experience. I can imagine that can be very frustrating and confusing. Yeah. And the fluid that is released is not urine. It actually, and this, this is the theory. I don't know that it's been proven. Maybe by now it has. It actually comes from our blood. It's actually fluid from our blood. It does not have white blood cells and it doesn't have red blood cells in it, but that is where the actual fluid is coming from. And so you're absolutely right. Hydration is an important factor. Your body's ability to actually access fluid because theoretically you could continue to squirt. It it could be multiple releases. It could actually be a lot of fluid. I've had friends ruin a couch um, (laughs) in a single encounter. That's when I started giving out waterproof throws. (laughs) Well, that would be a good story to have that. Like if, if we're having that level of excitement and pleasure, that would be an okay way of damaging the couch. (laughs) So I think I agree, except for for the owner of the couch wasn't too excited. Oh no. Well, that's, that's definitely an interesting story to hear. <laughs> but tell us, I know that you have tons of great courses, you, you do lots of speaking. So if our listeners are curious about you, your coaching, where can they find you? You can find me, my internet home is still YouTube. Uh, you can find me by searching Caitlin V, that's C-A-I-T-L-I-N, and then V as in Victor. And I have a course called the Maker Sport Blueprint because so many people were asking and wanted more specific information on making a woman squirt after seeing the video. The technique that 
I've taught you will work. And there are ways to know exactly when to use it. There's specific information on how to build up, how to create the stimulation that is necessary to increase the odds of squirting on the first try. And then the appropriate aftercare so that she can squirt again and again and again. So if you're interested in that, please go to Caitlin V, go to CaitlinVNeal.com or find my website through my YouTube channel. I also have a come when you want masterclass for men who want to learn to control their ejaculation and a she comes to masterclass, which is just the female pleasure masterclass. It honestly is like, it's, it's like drinking through a fire hose. It is my masterpiece. And if what you've learned today is interesting to you, please do check that out. All my courses come with the 90 day money back guarantee. So you can learn everything, take it home with you, test it out, see if it works for you. And if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. Beautiful. I encourage people to check out the website, the courses, and thank you so much for coming back on the show. This was definitely super useful and helpful. And I invite our listeners to let us know how it goes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys found our conversation meaningful and got some good information about how you can increase your arousal and make sex exciting and fun for yourself and your partner. Make sure you are checking out Caitlin's material. She has tons of great videos. And also, if you haven't downloaded our free checklist of nine of my best foreplay ideas, you can find it in the show note. It's completely free. And throughout the years, I put on everything that some of my clients found exciting and some of the my own favorite on the list. So you can find it where you're listening to this show. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.